Hello, everyone, and welcome into the GPS show. Along with Scott Pirak, I'm Gabe Gottesman. We are back for another show, the second show of the week. It's a Friday afternoon, and it, we are on the eve of the first playoff game for the Seattle Seahawks. And, of course, for uh, many NFL teams, it's going to be an exciting weekend of football. Uh, Scott, are you ready for the playoffs right around the corner? We both have already did our Super Bowl predictions. I have the Packers taking it, and Scott, you have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. They're not playing this week, but how? Are you, how which game are you looking forward to the most? Um, this week, I think I also said in our previous show. I think the two best games of the Wild Card Weekend are really going to be the Bills Colts. That's a game that I've really liked the matchup. And then also, obviously, the Seahawks Ram. That's going to be an interesting one with all the injuries that these two teams have. Both of them are fully not expected to be at full health. So I think it's really going to come up to the backups kind of are going to be the key factors for that game. Yeah, I'm most excited for Ravens-Titans. I think it's going to be really interesting. And then also the Tampa Bay game, I think, could be a sneaky good game with the pass rush that Washington has. Um, who knows? It's going to be a lot of fun. All the games this week are pretty good. Even Scott has the Bears upsetting the, the Saints, so even the game that you might I, If Alvin Kamara... Oh, but you, you don't up. have that, yeah. You, you you technically have the Saints winning, but you said yeah. if Alvin Kamara doesn't play, it's still not... Or, or Thomas, so... My Saints, but I do... I would give the Bears more generous of a shot than most people are giving them. Okay, so, Scott, before we get into um, the main topic of this episode, which would be um, mainly going into the Seahawks game because we really want to um, delve deep into that. We want to discuss some breaking news that just happened in the NFL. Um, not totally breaking, but Deshaun Watson has announced that he, uh, it has been reported that Deshaun Watson has been telling teammates kind of quietly that he is, uh, is wanting to request a trade from the Houston Texans, obviously superstar quarterback. He had a great season this year, but uh, the team was four and 12. So obviously, it's um, it's not a great organization to be a part of right now. They just fired their coach. But depending on who they sign as their head coach, it's going to really determine whether Deshaun Watson stays with the Texans or not. The uh, the Texans just signed a new GM, Nick Casario, to a six-year contract. So maybe he could get a lot of picks in return to kind of reboot that franchise. And Scott, I just want to quickly discuss who you think. We talked about it a little bit before the show, who you think the uh, the superstar quarterback Deshaun Watson will land possibly next year. Yeah, um, I I don't I don't think he's going to be with the Texans, and there's really three reasons why. First, is they don't have a first or second round draft pick this year, so it's not like they're going to get any better unless they can kind of find that hidden gem that we always talk about. But with their drafting skills, we may not see that. Um, they're also $17 million over the cap. So they're going to have to be able to get under that cap. The Saints are the highest at around $99 million, So just to give you a perspective. Um, and then I just think that he wants out. As you said, J.J. Watt's also expected to leave. I think J.J. Watt could end up with the Seahawks. That's, my, that's one of my bold predictions going to the offseason. But the teams I think best fit for Deshaun Watson are the Bears, the Colts, I think because Phillip Rivers is going to be done within the next one or two years, so replace him now, and then the Patriots. I think that if the Patriots get him, we're back at stage one in the NFL. 
So I was thinking, um, just as a little bit of a dark horse, a team that I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but I could definitely, uh, I don't even know if I could see it happening, but I think it'd be really interesting if Deshaun Watson landed with the Dallas Cowboys. I feel like every free agent ever, uh, someone always says he's going to go to the Dallas Cowboys. But imagine if instead of just instead of re-signing uh, Dak Prescott to that huge contract that uh, everyone knows he's going to ask for and the Dallas Cowboys would probably give to him, instead of doing that, they let him walk and instead take in the massive contract of Deshaun Watson because obviously without signing Dak Prescott, they would have enough money to take that in uh, most likely. And they have a lot of assets to trade away, um, especially on the offensive side of the football to the Texans. And then that leaves Dak Prescott on the market for someone to go pick up. But I think that the Deshaun Watson um, with his playmaking ability with those uh, receivers in Dallas, that could be very interesting and an easy division too. That could be something to look out for. In my opinion, watching Deshaun Watson with CD lamb and Amari Cooper would be a lot of fun. And um, I don't know what will happen. And we're not even, that's a true dark horse. I think they're re-signed Dak, but um I do have a question for you before we get into the main part of our show, which is going to be the Seahawks Rams game. Um, if you're the Jaguars or the Jets, so you own the top two picks. If you're the owner of the Jaguars, would you be willing to trade the first overall pick for Deshaun Watson? Now Deshaun Watson is 25 years old. So he's, he's young. I'm not quite sure if he's still on his rookie contract though. But Trevor Lawrence is only 21. That's the expected first court player gone in the NFL draft. Could you see that possibly being a deal? Well, let me just first say it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. So if you're, you're asking whether I would have Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence. And I think I, I think I would rather have Deshaun Watson. I would make that trade straight up if I were the Jaguars because he's proven that he can translate to the NFL, I think. And that would work for the Texans because – that lets them do a rebuild. I mean, if they can find a way to keep Lawrence for 15 years, he's only 36 then and you've fully built a rebuild. Yeah, I don't, that's, there's 0% chance that that's happening, but I think that'd be very interesting. I think I'd much rather be in the Jaguar situation there because Trevor Lawrence, even the most can't miss prospect in the last like century was probably Andrew Luck. Everyone thought, okay, he's going to be the guy. He retired when he was 30 years old, and he had a great career. But even the people that you think are going to be uh, absolute stars, no matter what, they, you know, something could happen. Trevor Lawrence, who knows um, whether he'll be able to handle the spotlight. I, I don't know. I just don't think that I would take that chance, even though he's three years younger. Tre- Deshaun Watson's still got a lot of time left in the league, and I think it would be worth it to get him. All right. So before we move along, quick announcement that, uh, you can listen to the GPS show on Spotify and on uh, Apple pod or on Google podcasts and all over the place. If you want to listen to the show, just search up the GPS show and we've got you covered. So if you want to re-listen to anything or you, you missed some parts, you can head over there and uh, support us. It's pretty cool. But Scott, we've got some important things to talk about. Tomorrow is the day we've been waiting for. We knew from the start, the Seahawks would probably make the playoffs after the first couple of weeks. Russell Wilson was looking like, an MVP candidate. He ended up falling off a little bit because in the second half of the season, the Seahawks have struggled offensively, but they're winners of four straight games, albeit against the Jets, the football team, 
uh, and the 49ers, three of those teams. But they did beat who they are playing in the playoffs in week 16, just two weeks ago, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. There's a lot to unpack here, Scott, but um, one thing I want to just go over is these the two games that the Seahawks and Rams played so far this year. The first game was a uh, was a Los Angeles Rams win 23 to 16 in a very important game. They moved the Rams up to number one uh, in the NFC West, and um, that was in Week Nine. So now, um, in the second game they played, Week 16, the Seahawks absolutely dominated, winning 20 to nine. Jared Goff didn't throw a touchdown in either game against the Seahawks, but he did throw an interception in the second matchup, and that's where he injured his hand, which could be another big factor in this game. What are your main takeaways from the first two performances, and which one fans should probably take more seriously going into the playoff matchup as a possible indicator of what will happen? I think I would have to go with the Week 16 matchup because that was kind of when Russell Wilson has been in his downfall, and I don't see that changing this week. I still think he's going to struggle. Um, in the week 16 matchup, he had 225 yards, a touchdown on 20 completions of 32 attempts. Um, but it's really, as we've seen in both matchups, DK Metcalf has not gotten anything going against Jalen Ramsey. Um, in the week 16 matchup, he only had six catches for 59 yards. And I just think that's really when both teams were in their quote-unquote stride where they kind of found their identity. Chris Carson had 16 carries. So I look at that matchup, and I think this game will very likely come down to the final possession. I don't think there's going to be either team breaks away in this game. Yeah, I agree with – I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. We, we've seen it in both games there's been um, not a lot of scoring. No team has scored over 23, even though both of these offenses are very capable. In the second matchup, especially, the, uh, the Seahawks defense has really turned it up a notch in the second half of the season. And I think that was kind of um, this week 16 matchup was kind of the pinnacle of that holding Jared Goff and the Rams to only nine points in a very, very important matchup that clinched the NFC West. I think that was very impressive and um, kind of leads into the next thing we want to discuss, which is the health of Rams quarterback, Jared Goff. Obviously he is, uh, he is the leader of their offense. And right now he's got it. Um, a hand injury that could possibly sideline him for the game, which would um, open the door up for John Wolford, who's the, who's the quarterback for the Rams. Um, he looked good last week, though. I mean, it was the well, Cardinals. I mean, good's a strong word because he was 22 of 38 for 230 yards and an interception. But running the ball, he was dangerous. And we know what um, the Seahawks uh, don't do well, which is against scrambling okay, quarterbacks. Quarterback. Uh, if we look earlier in the year for the Seahawks, the, um, the even week two against the against the New England Patriots, the Seahawks really struggled against Cam Newton. They struggled against Kyler Murray in the first game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he plays, how that will determine. Um, they lost to the Bills with Josh Allen. They um, Kyler so it, Murray ran all over them the yeah. first matchup. It, it'll be interesting to see if John Wilford plays. I think we can safely assume that the Seahawks will be probably a 10-point favorite if John Wilford plays just because he is a backup quarterback with um, Jamal Adams could just be on a QB spy against him. It, I don't think that would be uh, a struggle for the Seahawks. Though the interesting point you bring up is, sorry to interrupt, um, we may not have Jamal Adams. He did not practice on Tuesday, was limited on Wednesday. 
and he's seriously going to be a game-time decision. Just to go over some of those, Chris Carson was limited on Wednesday. Um, Greg Olson did fully practice, so that's a good thing. Carlos Hyde was absent. KJ Wright was a full practice. So I do think that there's a real possibility, though, that we may be without Dwayne Brown or Jamal Adams. I don't think we'll have both. I think that um, I think Jamal Adams will play. It looks very likely that he will play. So um, although he won't be at full strength, it is a shoulder injury, so at least it won't uh, deter his running ability. Um, Jerron Reed looks like he'll play as well, and then Chris Carson too. So I think having those three guys uh, playing, although they might not be at full strength, they, they look like they're they're limiting in pre- they're limited in practice halfway through the week. So I think that they. Um, they will all play, and I think that won't be an excuse for the Seahawks. But if Jared Goff does play, Scott, do you think that the fact that he has this wrist injury and because it looks like he will play, or sorry, this um, this hand injury, will he? Um, how much do you think that will be a factor if he can't? Obviously, coming off a of surgery, it's going to be hard for him to play uh, at full strength. Do you think the Seahawks can take advantage of that at all? Because in that lat, in the end of this week 16 game, Jared Goff was injured and they, um, the Seahawks defense did shut him down a little bit. I wonder how big of a factor that will be. Yeah. Um, as you said, it's the right thumb to be the most specific, but he has been, according to reports, Jared Goff has been throwing in practice, but it's been limited and it's not been a lot of deep shots. So in a way it almost might be better for the Seahawks if Jared Goff plays as Right. Crazy as that sounds, because they know he will be limited. And then Cam Akers is also listed on the injury report. That will be a name to look out for. Obviously, Daryl Henderson is placed on IR. He won't have his three weeks by the time this game comes around. So he is for sure out. But as you said, I do think Jared Goff will play just because of how important a playoff game is. But I could see where if he starts to struggle, we could very easily see Wofford come in. You think that they would bench Jared Goff if he struggles early in the game? If it's enough to the point where he's not able to have clean releases, and it's very obvious with quarterbacks, and he's a right-handed thrower, so that just makes the right thumb even more important. And if you can tell that the we've seen it with other quarterbacks this year where the ball's not coming out great and they can't get those 30-yard deep bombs in the corner on an over-the-shoulder route, then they may get benched for the guy who is at full strength. All right, so moving along, I wanted to quickly go over, um, give, we should, we'll each give one offensive uh, play, like one offensive key player in the game and one defensive key player. So um, one guy that you think maybe is flying under the radar a bit for each team, or I guess just for the Seahawks, who will make a difference in this game if they were to possibly win. Scott, I want to start with you on the offensive end. Who's a guy that you think might be flying under the radar radar a bit that could be um, a huge difference if the Seahawks do win this game? Okay, um, I'll, I'll start with the Seahawks offense. I already know my Rams defensive player. Um, I think we can just get that out of the way real quick. It's Aaron Donald. Um For me, though, I think the interesting player in this game that I expect to have a quietly good game would be Carlos Hyde. I think with how Chris Carson has had to 
deal with his foot in the load management, and he was limited in practice on Wednesday. I don't think he's going to be at a full workload again. And I think we're going to go kind of where the 50-50 carries are. And Carlos Hyde has been secretly really good for the Seahawks this year. He was able to fill in perfectly when they needed him. And he's a strong runner. Unlike Chris Carson, I think he's better in the trenches. So when it goes inside the Rams' 10-yard line and they need to punch it right in front of Aaron Donald, I think he will be able to get in the end zone in this game. For me on offense for the Seahawks, I think that Tyler Lockett is going to be a really huge factor in this game because we know, like you mentioned earlier, what Jalen Ramsey can do uh, against DK Metcalf. The best corner in the league at the moment besides like, I don't know, maybe Xavier Howard, but he, Jalen Ramsey, I think is the most dominant corner right now. He's just completely shutting down everyone he goes against. He shut down DeAndre Hopkins. He shut down DK Metcalf, uh, definitely in the first matchup. And then a little bit in the second, second matchup under 60 yards is not, uh, is not what we're accustomed to from, from DK. So I think that Tyler Lockett on the other side going against, I mean, the, the other corners for the Los Angeles Rams, Troy Hill, uh, David Long Jr., Darius Williams. I don't think that those guys can um, keep up with Tyler Lockett. In the first or in um, the second matchup, Tyler Lockett had um, only 44 yards against against the Rams, which I think is interesting because I expect him this this time around to definitely have a bigger performance with only five targets for Tyler Lockett. I think that this time Russell Wilson should definitely look for him a little bit more. Uh, in the first matchup, he had five receptions for 66 yards um, on nine targets. So almost double the targets in the sec- in the first game. And um, I-, I just think Tyler Lockett will be a huge difference maker for the Seahawks in this game if they do win. I think 100-plus yards, maybe a couple touchdowns too. Yeah, I mean, he has been limited in both games. And this year, his best output was the first matchup when he had five catches for 66 yards. But let's move to the Rams offense now, Gabe. This is an interesting one. I actually have Cooper Cup, who's the receiver two on this team, but he's fifth in the league in yards after catch. And I think if Jared Goff plays, or even if it's Wofford, they're not going to take many deep shots down the field. It's going to be slants. It's going to be screen passes. And with Cooper Cup's unique ability to weave in and out of tackles, I think he could be one of those players that causes disruption for the Seahawks defense. For me, I think it's going to be uh, running back Malcolm Brown because with um, injuries to other running backs on the Rams roster, he actually could be one of the um, one of the most important players for them on their offense just to establish a run game. Also, remember last game, Malcolm Brown got stuffed on a fourth and goal. That really kind of shifted the entire game there. If he had got that in, uh, who knows what could have happened for the Seahawks the rest of the game. They weren't really getting that much going on offense. They had two touchdowns in the second half, but it was a tie game going into halftime, both teams without a touchdown. So I think that um, that for the for the Rams, if Malcolm Brown at the goal line can actually convert, which I think they'll get opportunities. This is going to be, although I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, I think both teams are willing to give up underneath routes because you look at guys like DK Metcalf, and then we know what, this, we know what the Seahawks defense is, allowing a lot of plays underneath. So I think it's going to be kind of a bend, don't break philosophy for the Seahawks and Malcolm Brown, if he can be consistent, I guess the rest of the run game as well, but I think he's more of their goal line back. And if he, um, if he actually can be a little bit productive, unlike last game, 
He only averaged 3.9 yards a carry. I think the Rams have a great shot at winning, which is definitely uh, it's a popular upset prediction to have the Rams over the Seahawks in this game because the Seahawks, as much as we love them, they're a really inconsistent team, both offensively and defensively. So it's going to be very interesting. Scott, on the defensive end for the Seahawks, who do you think is kind of the difference maker this game? Um, obviously, the two big names that stand out that we always hear are Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. But I'm going to go with the other Pro Bowl safety. That's Quandre Diggs. He's having his best year, really, since he entered the league in 2015. Um, he has five interceptions this year, 42 total tackles. I think that he, in my opinion, I think he might be the better safety right now, just with all the injuries that have happened to Jamal Adams and really his inability to catch interceptions. Um, so I think that Quandre Diggs will be a big piece of the game plan because we know that Trey Flowers has struggled in the past against the Rams. That was one of the reasons the Seahawks got eliminated last year is because Trey Flowers could not stop a receiver if his life depended on it at the time. So I think kind of with the Seahawks philosophy of the cover three kind of letting up small passes but making sure to tackle before the line I think Quandre Diggs will have a big game for me I, I want to look out for DJ Reed Jr. he's kind of been one of the brighter stories for the Seahawks this year he came in at the end of the year um, with Quentin Dunbar being injured and um, Trey Flowers just being a bad player I hate to say it but he really was uh, very lackluster in all phases of what a cornerback is supposed to be. So DJ Reed Jr. came in and he really stepped up. He's had a couple interceptions this year and he's um, been shutting down uh, the second corner or the second wide receiver, especially with Shaquille Griffin back. That's in my opinion, out of all the players that have come back for the Seahawks from injury, Chris Carson, Jamal Adams, Carlos Dunlap coming in. I think uh, Shaquille Griffin returning has been super important for the Seahawks defense. And on the other side, DJ Reed Jr. has to step up because the Rams have a lot of depth at the wide receiver position. They have Cooper Cup, like you mentioned. They have Robert Woods, who's a very good receiver. Um, Josh Reynolds in the first matchup had 94 receiving yards. He had eight receptions too. Remember, he was very good in that game. Also, the tight end uh, for, the, for the Rams, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett are both playmakers. They're fast. They're good pass catchers. So it's really important for DJ Reed to uh, shut down either Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. And uh, I, would, I would expect him, uh, if I have some sort of predi prediction, I think he'd get an interception this game that could really shift the momentum a little bit. And he's been playing very well this year. It's exciting to see that. And then on the defensive end for the Rams, Scott, this is going to be um, going to be, I think, the most important out of all four phases the offense and defense for both teams i think the rams defense is going to be the biggest story yeah i mean they're ranked number one in the nfl they've only given up 18.5 points for, per game and the big reason behind that but we both really can't use his name it's aaron donald um with how dominant he's been in the league i just think that when everyone's on the field that he is the best player on the field regardless of who's out there I don't know if you agree with me on that, but I, I think that he's better than Wilson, better than DK, better than Ramsey. He is the true X factor in this game. But with that being said, because he's not flying under the radar, I think this is a hard one. 
Uh, actually, I'll let you go first on this. I want to hear your... Uh, I don't want to be... I usually don't like being like a cheap... You know, I, I like to try to dig a little bit deeper, but I think Jalen Ramsey, this is like... He is so important for the Rams defense this week because DK Metcalf in the playoffs, he's a different animal. And in, in his second year, he's improved exponentially. And in the first year as a rookie, he lit up the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, we know what they were defensively last year. Not as good as the Rams, of course, but uh, I think Jalen Ramsey is super important. If he can shut down DK Metcalf, that makes Russell Wilson very uncomfortable because early in the season, what really was a key for Russell Wilson's success was the deep ball to DK Metcalf. It was simple as that. And if Jalen Ramsey can shut that down, I think that if, if you show me just the stats after the game and DK Metcalf has under 50 yards, I think the Rams win the game. So I think it's really important for Jalen Ramsey to um, to shut down DK, and that could be huge for the Rams' defense. I think for me, I'm going to have to go with their linebacker, Leonard Floyd. He's been not only talked about a lot this year, but he has 10.5 sacks, which is ninth in the league. Um, he's forced to fumble, has 31 tackles. And with what Aaron Donald can do, he opens up paths for Leonard Floyd. And the first game, Leonard Floyd had two sacks, on Russell Wilson had seven total tackles in the week 16 matchup. And in the first matchup, he had um, three sacks and five tackles. So he's been a dominant presence in these games. And I think that will be a big one because one of the biggest issues that we've seen with the Seahawks is Russell Wilson's inability to have time in the pocket as he's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league since he's entered the league. And I think if he does not have time and they aren't able to get the play action going and take those deep shots, then their offense is virtually destroyed. All right. So uh, there you go. Some key players to look out for. I think that's, it's always fun to, to look at a few key players to, um, to watch on Saturday afternoon's game. One thing um, we did last year for uh, almost every single playoff game was we had a few key categories that we think can determine an entire playoff game where um, we blindly just isolate each different phase really of football and match up each team against each other. And whoever has more, it, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to understand, but whoever has more, um, more points in the win column in terms of, you know, the Seahawks quarterback is as the Seahawks quarterback better than the Rams quarterback. And that's one point. Whoever has more points we think uh, can really determine um, who's going to win the football game. So Scott, we're going to do that for this game because it's really important, I think, that uh, we are a little bit less biased than I think a lot of people in Seattle are because this Rams football team is not a joke. They're 10-6. and six. They looked like to be in the command of the NFC West until they lost to the New York Jets. And without that loss, I think this could Got be uh, the Los Angeles Rams. No, I mean the oh, Los Angeles Rams. No, it's almost like you can't – even though it happened, it's almost like you can't even believe it at this point. The Los Angeles Rams losing to the New York Jets possibly secured a home playoff game for the Seahawks. So um, this team is not a joke. I think they have a great chance to beat the Seahawks. So let's start off with the quarterback position. Jared Goff is out, but let's just pretend. Well, it doesn't even matter, to be honest, but let's pretend Jared Goff does play. Do you think – who do you think gets a point for the quarterback position? Is it Russell Wilson or Jared Goff? I mean, this this is one of the easier categories. It's Russell Wilson. Um, obviously, he's 
he's fallen off at the end of this year, really. He start, as we said earlier, he started off hot, but Jared Goff has always been a very inconsistent quarterback, and Russell Wilson was just short of the 40 mark for touchdowns. So, or sorry, he did have 40 touchdowns on the dot. So I would go with Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Russell as well. He is a playmaker. He's one of the best in the league. It's not, we don't really need to say that much. I think everyone can agree, even Rams fans, that Russell Wilson has the edge there. Okay, this one's actually pretty interesting. We kind of categorize running backs, wide receivers, tight ends as the weapons category. Do you think the Rams, with all their talent, have uh, better weapons on offense than the Seahawks do? I, this, I think this is pretty interesting. This is a hard one because when you look at it separately, I think I would have to go with the Seahawks. But when they match up, it's always the Rams skill players do better kind of because of their defense. So I don't know how you would count that. I think if assuming Chris Carson plays, which it's looking like he will, then I think I have to go with the Seahawks just because they have a clear number one back. And the Rams really didn't have that until their game against the Patriots when Cam Akers had 20-plus carries and 150-plus yards. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Seahawks as well. I think even ignoring the uh, the running back position, I think that just in terms of the wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have a better chance to really control the game than the Rams do. Maybe if you look at tight ends, I think the Rams have the edge there. But in general, I think especially the way Russell Wilson utilizes them, I think that the Seahawks have the edge there. So right now for both of us, it's 2-0 to the Seahawks but the next category is the defense and in in general in my opinion I think even though the Seahawks defense has been great lately you have to give it to uh, to the Rams because um, they just have a more consistent defense and it's been great throughout the entire year and they have the best player I think the two best players um, on both defenses in terms of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald so I think that they get the point there on the defense. I think you can probably agree. Yeah, I would agree with that on the defense. As you said, they have the two best players. And kind of just a side note, I think I would almost give them two points for that just because of how much they outmatch the Seahawks on that. Obviously, that's not how we do it. But I think this is the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Okay, so moving along. I think this is the final category, which is because usually we have a category that is the tiebreaker, which is whoever is at home with the fans, but that doesn't really count this year. So the final one is the head coach. And for hey, me, special teams, special I don't think, I don't think special teams determines it can football game in my, it can, you can give the Rams a point in special teams if you want, but I don't, but I don't even think the Rams who has a better kicker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Michael, Johnny Hecker, I, I would give the Rams. Michael Dixon, you can't just respect him. You cannot. That's true, but him. Johnny Hecker is an all-time great. Yeah, he so, is. Um, but I would, I would just like to shout out Jason Myers. He's been really consistent this year. He did miss an extra point, but he has been good. You're right. One of the better. With all the kicking flaws this year, I expected it to be better. I, that's what I said before the season. I Kickers thought. can make or break games. I, I think that's something that people don't really realize. He's 100% on field goal attempts. He was 24 of 24 this year. And he had a long of 61, too. Um, and he's just been good. And, I mean, if you look at some of the games this year when we've won by 
three or six points, it comes down to the kicker. But going to the head coach, I'll let you start on that. This one's very tough for me because um, we've got Super Bowl champion, national champion, Pete Carroll. He's a better defensive coach, obviously, but Sean McVay, on the other hand, he's a young and budding star, and um, he's an offensive genius. But at the same time, I think that just because we're now in the playoffs and Pete Carroll definitely has more experience, even though Sean McVay did go to the Super Bowl, I think I have to give it to Pete Carroll just because he – I think I, I, I have more respect for Pete Carroll because of all the um, wisdom he has from being in the playoffs so long. And um, I think right now I kind of factor in how the confidence is of the team going into it. And I think that for – Pete Carroll, he's got his team playing very well. They're winners of four straight versus the Rams, um, who just won with a backup quarterback in a weird game against the Cardinals, and then the week before lost to who they're about to play. I think that that definitely is a huge factor going into this game, and um, that's why I'm going to give the edge to the, the Seahawks with Pete Carroll. And I think that means that I have the Seahawks winning, which I, I do have the Seahawks winning in our predictions that we made earlier this week. But, Scott, you have... Uh, a tough decision on your hands between these two coaches. I think if I look purely at the head coaches, I would go with Pete Carroll. But when you look at the whole coaching staff, I think I would have to go with the Rams on that. Is I this just a think shot at Ken Norton. Is that what this is? It's a it's a it's a low shot at Ken Norton. Um, He's got I mean, them the, playing well. He he just won his job back. I, I agreed, but I mean, on the flip side, the other head coach has got his defense to be the number one defense in the NFL, and I just, I don't know, I just think that they have a really good coaching staff, and Sean McVay is really good at the trick plays and getting the motions and kind of confusing defenses. That's kind of what he's been known for since he's entered the NFL, and Pete Carroll's always been more of a conservative coach. Um, along with Brian, I think that's part of it, is the, off- the offense coordinator. I think that we don't really see a lot of blitzes. Well, now we do with Jamal Adams, but in overall, the scheme as a whole. And it's not a lot of deep shots. It's a lot of run. It's a lot of five-yard dink and dunk. So I think I have to go coaches for the Rams, but overall I have the Seahawks winning. So it was a tie, technically, but you give the tiebreaker to the Seahawks. But I had special teams with Jason Myers. So, okay. so Jason Myers just determined the entire um, the entire game there for Scott. I also have the Seahawks winning. What do you think your final score prediction is um, for this game? I, I'm interested because for um, for both teams, I think this it's just a battle of who can be a little bit more consistent because both teams offensively have shown that they – um, are a little bit inconsistent. Um, and then defensively, of course, the Seahawks, we know they can give up 70 points possibly, but the Seahawks are three and a half point favorites. And I think that's pretty accurate. I'm going to say the final score of this game, is going to be a little bit more defensive in my opinion. I think it's going to be um, 24 Seahawks to 17 Rams. I think no matter uh, if Jared Goff doesn't play, I think uh, it'll be maybe 24 to to 10, I think the Seahawks will actually um, be huge favorites if if John Wofford plays instead of Jared Goff, but I think that it's going to be a pretty defensive battle, 
and the Seahawks will will take the edge. Um, for me, in the two games so far this year, it was 23-16 and 29. So neither of them have gotten over 25 points. I'm going to say this ends around... Oh, that's a hard one. I want to say... 20... I'll go a little higher. 24-17. I think that's exactly what I said. 24-17. Oh, well, then I'm, I'm going to change go. that up then. Um, I think I honestly might have to go with what the original score was in their first meeting and maybe lower it a little. I'm going to go 23-14. So there's a missed field goal in there. But 23-14. Wow. That, I mean, we both have low scoring. Over, the over-under for this game is 42.5, which means Vegas thinks they're going to score about 21 points yeah, each. So I could see that going anywhere from there to 17-10. So... It's going to be a very interesting game to watch. I don't see this getting out of hand in the first half at all. Uh, I think this is going to be a very close game throughout, and maybe the Seahawks in the fourth quarter pull away a little bit. But this is definitely a game that you're going to want to keep your eyes glued to. Um, we have uh, just a reminder for the um, for the rest of Wild Card Weekend. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning. I have the Ravens winning. I have the Seahawks winning. I have the Saints winning. I have the Bills winning, and then I have the Browns over the Steelers um, in that Sunday night game. And Scott, uh, I believe you're pretty similar, except you actually have the Bears over the Saints um, as kind of your big, your big upset there. Incorrect. Oh my gosh, I keep on forgetting because that's only if Alvin Kamara doesn't play. Wow. And Michael Thomas, yeah. So I'll just reinforce mine. <laughs> um, I assuming that the Browns don't get any more players on COVID. We're not fully sure who's going to be out yet, but I think if obviously their head coach is out, but assuming they have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Miles Garrett, then I have the Browns. I have the Saints cover. I have the Saints winning that game. The Our big difference is I have the Titans. The right, over the Ravens. Favored. Supposed to be 46 degrees. With not a lot of wind, that does matter, even though both these teams are running teams. Um, I just think Derrick Henry is going to have a huge game. They're going to rely on him. I have the Buccaneers. I have the Seahawks and then the Bills. So we really only have one difference. All right. So uh, if you want to know who is a better NFL predictor, make sure to go watch that ravens Titan game. That's the one, that's the one I'm definitely mo- most excited for going forward. It's going to be a very fun Super wild card weekend. One, the interesting thing about that one is that could very easily get out of hand in the first quarter. Either way. Yes, agreed. If one team can get, it's really which team can get their run game going fastest. Yeah, because whoever's in the lead in that game this is going to be... be the fastest game you've ever seen. It's going to be running clock nonstop. I would not be surprised if at the end of this game we see a total of 70 carries between the two teams. Yeah, it's going to be. Um... A very old school football game, in my opinion, definitely. Okay, so with that, that concludes our Seattle Seahawks uh, preview show. I, I hope that you gathered all that information, you soaked it in, you're ready for tomorrow afternoon's matchup against the Rams. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Make sure that you check us out on Spotify to search up the GPS show, and you can listen to past episodes. And thank you, everyone, so much for listening, and we'll see you on Tuesday.